Back to Musical Squares, the podcast where we four squares sit in this circle and talk about music, rank every album ever made. Today we're talking about Howlin' Wolf, Moaning in the Moonlight, not Moaning at Midnight, which is what I said last time. Did you see that when this album was? Yeah, uh, it was printed. It in, is a song. In some magazine. It was named like Howlin' Howlin' at Midnight or something like that. That's probably where I got that. Yeah, you do read magazines. Everyone reads <laughs> magazines sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Brett. I'm Nick. Dennis. My name is Max. And we're going to rock your socks. <laughs> we are? No, we're going to blues your socks. Blues. <laughs> blues. <laughs> Right at the top of this, some uh, can we, uh, say that we vote for in the intro instead of saying uh, we four squares sit in a circle and say that we sit in a square? No, that's the irony. But we don't sit in a square even. We sit in a rectangle, though. It's an oval. <laughs> it's an ellipses. An ellipsis? It's kind of horse shit. Whatever, what I'm saying. It's staying in. Let's talk about moaning in the fucking midnight moonlight or whatever. So this is by Helen Wolf, the bluesman. Uh, born Chester Arthur Burnett, June tenth, nineteen ten, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, uh, I I did hear a rumor he was named after the twenty first president. Is that real? Can you can you corroborate that? Um, from your memory? No. Okay. <laughs> that's actually that's, who was the twenty first president? Chester? I I don't know. He was named after Chester Arthur, the president. Chester Arthur, the president? Yes. I don't recognize that name. He was president. Chester Arthur. I am <clears throat> going to check that. That sounds right. It's true. I saw it in two different articles. Chester A. Arthur. All right. It's going in. You think the A also stood for Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> What's the, is it, was it, um, one of the, one of the presidents, with Harry S. Truman, I think S didn't stand for anything. <clears throat> it's something like that. Like That's stupid. What about Calvin Coolidge? What about him? Yeah, cool name. <laughs> it is a cool name. <laughs> I think I don't f- think they liked him. Yeah, he only served one term. He did he make was, Christmas Eve a paid holiday, though. He was a crossdresser. It was like a hobby of his. Really? Yeah. Or that could be a different one, but <laughs> that's you know. there's a lot of presidents. Yeah, man. I don't even remember Chester Arthur. I don't. I, don't, I know you, Zachary. You, I mean, you weren't alive back then. I know so. Zachary Taylor. I know. Coolidge, like we said. I know Taft, for sure. Taft, for sure. You definitely know Taft. I remember when we were in government class our senior year, and the very first day our teacher had us do this uh, test where he just gave us a blank sheet of paper, and we had to list all the presidents. And we we had an opportunity to take that test three times over the year we had to pass. and like We had to get it perfect. Yeah, and so the first time, you know, he blindsided us, and nobody knew that it was coming. And Brett just wrote... Like on that, this whole giant chunk in the middle of the reign of Taft. <laughs> George Washington. Taft. 
Taft. And then it was like you forgot another chunk, so you're just like he came back and like fucking. <laughs> there was one president who did. He he ran. He won. He ran again and he lost. And then he ran again and lost, and then ran again and won, or something like Over that. Over Cleveland, maybe. Yeah, Cleveland. Maybe he came back a long time later. And there's there's a lot of presidents who um, there was one of them who died like a month in, or I think he didn't even get sworn in before he died. Yeah, that yeah, that's correct. I don't know who that was though. Yeah, he had like a heart attack or something and just died. <clears throat> well, anyways, first known so instance of the Illuminati. Guys, the table and see who can name the most presidents. <laughs> I could do like seven. Obama. That's one. So we're talking that's about. One. That's one. <laughs> Chicago Quincy Blues Jones. Man. Hey. We're talking about Chicago Blues Man today. Helen Wolf. Um, Who was president? <laughs> what do you guys. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. What do you guys know about the wolf? Uh, me personally, Nick speaking. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't really know anything about Helen Wolf. Um, I, I knew uh, Smokestack Lightning when I heard it. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't really know nothing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna learn stuff today. Um, I know the name. I knew he was a, a blues musician. I also knew Smokestack Lightning. Um, I just. I mean, I'm more familiar with the shitty influenced. Like I just this era of music. I never really dove into. Um, I think the only like old blues musician that I own like anything from. It's a compilation from uh, fuck, I don't even remember his name. They all, they're all like the same person to me. <laughs> Racist, but go on. I mean, uh, who, who's the one that they said uh, sold his soul to the devil? Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson. Okay, that was way way before this. Okay, um, maybe I own something from him. But it's like John Lee Hooker. That's the one I own. I own the best of John Lee Hooker. Um, different guy. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I mean, they all they all kind of sound the same. <laughs> I just came up with my blues name, Skitty Business. That sounds like a rap name. Yeah, it yeah, sounds more like a rap name. name. Oh, well, how about Skitty Browns? See, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited Skitty about Browns, this. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see Sizzling uh, Skitty Browns. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see if Max Max's understanding of, of blues music after this. <laughs> it's alarming. <laughs> That's why we did this. Yeah. Uh, a few episodes ago, someone mentioned Muddy Waters, and Max is like, what? What did you say? What are those words? Oh, yeah. I remember that. So. Helen Wolf's arch nemesis. They're frenemies. He was also, he ran against him as president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whatever. Were, did you have anything else to say? No, not really. Not of substance. <laughs> well, for me... Uh, never heard of him. No. <laughs> okay. That's pretty rough. All right. So I like, I'm not a uh, big time bluesman myself, but I like a lot of, uh, you know, I'm a rocker. I would say I'm a rocker. Would you guys agree? Yes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you kind of trace that back and you get there. And I'm, I like uh, kind of following roots of music and kind of seeing where things come from like that. Roots, so, bl- roots um, bloody roots. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I'd heard of Helen Wolf was from Led Zeppelin, and it was either like Robert Plant or Jimmy Page. Oh, did they steal something oh. from him? They stole a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so okay. I don't know. They there was a quote, and I they knew they were, were like, stealers, but they yeah. were like, they said Rolling Stones wants to be Muddy Waters or something, and he was like, we wanted to be Helen Wolf, and he said it like 
Howlin' Wolf. I was like, oh, that must be the fucking badass guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That was that's my where my understanding comes from. I mean, from. you can't argue that Howlin' Wolf is one of the coolest pseudonyms of all time. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's so yeah. cool. And he howls. <laughs> that's his thing. Yeah. So I didn't actually get around to checking out the music until like a couple of years ago. And I was kind of just listening to all those blues names. Mm-hmm. And they are kind of, it is like a lot of people that kind of sound the same. But then I played this one off of Jimmy Page's recommendation. And I was like, okay, this is like, I like the voice and like the vibe of it. It's kind of, he's got his own kind of sound. Uh, and a lot of those songs, um, like a, a lot of the songs on that first Led Zeppelin album are kind of like totally copped from this, like lyrics and riffs and all. And then um, uh, the Cream, Cream did a song called Spoonful. That was written by Willie Dixon, but performed first by Helen Wolf. And that's like, I really love that, that version of that song. So kind of it's exploring, you know, it's familiar for me, but it's also pretty new. Hmm. Cool. And that's it. Very nice. Nice. Is, it, is this the first album that none of us own a physical copy of to bring and show the cover art? I think so. I love yeah, the cover sure. art, though. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like a wolf. Huh? It is like a wolf. The oh, cover art. Cover art. You love it. I think it's really cool. What about it? Are we looking at the same one? You don't like it? No. It's like, it's just, it's like the, the gray one? It's like a wolf in a tree? Yeah, it's really cool. Hill. It's very evocative. Wolf in a tree? Huh? Yeah, on the hill? Yeah. Yeah? What? Are we looking at something else, Nick? <clears throat> no. No? You don't like this cover art? It's so cool. This is also like... Before the time that albums were supposed to be consistent pieces, it's really just a bunch of songs that a label stuck onto a disc and put a picture on. Yeah, the, so yeah, like, that's that seems to be like a common thing for for blues and jazz, where they just have recording sessions through a number of years and they release it years later in a compilation, yeah. and it kind of pass it off as an album. Yeah, this is like this. I mean, this is yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You don't like that. No, dude, what do you that's not like, like about it. That makes me think of a cowboy going for a lonely stroll. There's like barely anything on it. It's evocative. What, I mean, what? It's like pop art. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, honestly. It's very third grade. Third grade. <laughs> do you see the detail on that wolf? The wolf. Okay, squigglies. I think it's, it's a got some squigglies. I think it's a sick wolf. It's a it's a sick wolf. Yeah, it reminds me of the wolf like that's a, inside of me. You know, tree. It looks lonely. Looks Just a little, one, not two. Looks there's a little MS paint. Looks a little MS paint. You know, just bold color. No fucking nothing. They, 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 didn't they, have, they didn't have MS Paint back then. I know. I'm, I'm, it's a joke, but I'm, I'm saying I, I legitimately. It's a joke. Well, how did they make art, Dennis? <laughs> Sticks and rocks. <laughs> I legitimately <laughs> thought that Spotify, when I first pulled up this album and, and started listening to it, and still album cover all big, I thought there was a scanning error. What? Man, I think it's dope as fuck. There's like, there's like, like barely anything on it. I mean,. Again, it's evocative. Your your fucking uh, cult of Luna is just like a little circle. Yeah, yeah, but that's minimalism. <laughs> There's a point. <laughs> I think I try to do a sick wolf on a hill think, with fucking lines. What else, would you, <laughs> what else would you want the Blues Man Howlin' Wolf's album cover to be? I don't know, man. I don't have any expectations. I just don't like the album cover. All right, I see a Howlin' Wolf and he's moaning at moon night uh, in the moonlight, and that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. So that's fine, though. 
is two lines and a wolf. Hey, <laughs> they say, don't judge a book by its cover. Let's get into the meat. Yeah. I also say first. beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What'd you guys think about uh, Moaning at Midnight, track one? Ooh, boy, right when this started, I was like, yo. And you know, like, when I heard that, the moaning, I thought, uh, is this that uh, that Blackstreet song? Like, they sampled this for No Diggity? Because there's that little, like, mm-hmm part in it. I don't know. It's Black not. Street. And then I was like, oh. Blues music, blues music just sounds the same. It's just some other guy moaning. <laughs> some that. other guy moaning. I, I, <laughs> I put uh, I put that he sure is moaning at the beginning of this. <laughs> I like that. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I said that once the music comes in, it, <laughs> it feels like fucking uh, evil hillbilly fucking sneaking up on you. Fucking music. Yeah, the song has a, has a very dark but like joyous atmosphere to it. Mm. I don't hear the joy. It, he's how I feel like yeah, he's like a fucking dark. ghost. The music is like bouncy and fun. Mm. I, I like how the uh, um, the guitar is essentially playing like the same little chord movement riff melody thing the whole time, but he changes it up a bunch. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's something I noticed. Like a lot of these songs don't do like the twelve bar format; mm-hmm. they just kind of drone, mm-hmm. and I think that's cool. Yeah, and like I don't know if that. Might be something like why the, like, a lot of the psychedelic guys liked this, this guy particularly, you know, because mm. it, it's kind of more, I don't know, spooky and droney. I think. Yeah, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but that's um, "Smokestack Lightning" is a very like hypnotic song. Yeah, because um, it's just that that one guitar line like for like three minutes straight. And that's yeah, that's kind of how like Led Zeppelin copped the riffs and just kind of like grooved on them for ten minutes while he. You know, that makes a lot of sense too, because there's a, there's a couple of, uh, tracks on here that are like your standard, like one, five, three, or one, three, one, one, five, three blues. Yeah. And it's like, those songs are like the least engaging on the album. I think, I I mean, mean, it depends. Like some of them, I think, well, I don't know. We'll get to them, but yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, Sorry, Nick. No, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say this, this is one of the more songs on the album that, uh, um, as we said, I, I know very little about blues. This is more what I think of when I think of like blues music. I think of this, this darker, like scratchy, you know, kind of stuff instead of yeah. the, the more upbeat, like almost this, like honky tonk piano stuff that's on this album. This feels like, um, like you can hear the roots of like the working music in this, like, you know, kind of slave time, like working songs. Mm-hmm. It's very like. You know, I don't know. It's got that kind of. It's just singing on like gospel singing while you're working. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, folk music, you know. But yeah. yeah. the The first thing I noticed about this is like, and I mean, I listened to this on Spotify. I don't know if this was ever corrected on like some other reissues or something, but like the old music, you just hear the crackling, like it's ripped from a vinyl. That really, I just, I don't like that. I don't like hearing that shit. I loved it. I love the the scratchy. It works on uh, quality. It works on some of the songs for me, but the the quality changes throughout the album, which yeah, we'll, which we'll talk yeah. about. <laughs> but like, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, that didn't bug me too much, unless if I was in my car, then it's like super super noticeable. Like this music was not meant to be listened to in a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like, it, I think it adds to the ambiance. Yeah, it, I I mean, I was disappointed when a few songs in and it go, goes to. Uh, 
more recent recordings and they sound better. You were disappointed? Yeah, I really sounded better. I really liked the scratchy, crackly feel to it. Uh, Felt like it went with the music really well. I mean, I mean, yeah, it kind of works for like the atmosphere of like listening to old blues, blues music. I don't know. I, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't like hearing like a rip of an album where I can hear uh, the needle on the vinyl. It just kind of bothers me. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not expecting these recordings to be like well preserved and easily salvageable. And like, uh, I, I would assume that the Spotify version is like some late nineties, early two thousands, like CD rip of it. But I feel like technology has gotten good enough to where somebody could probably go in there now and fix that shit. Yeah. But I think a lot of people want to hear that shit. It's like the, yeah. that's the feel of it. That's, that's a lot, of, a lot of fans of this probably don't want that. I would think, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, I'm, they, they've done this before where they, they just released like a two CD special edition version where they clean it up on like the second CD and then the other yeah, original versions it. on the first. Yeah, I got you. And speaking of uh, just the quality wise, not necessarily the recording quality of it, but um, I kind of like how the <laughs> the guitar, uh, the overdrive that's on it is like just, it, I mean, this is not just this, obviously it's indicative of the time and how they got those sounds, but like, the overdrive on the guitar is just pure equipment failure. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is the cool. Next, <laughs> the know? next song especially just sounds like the shit's about to fucking blow up. Blow up. Supposedly, or it already did. Supposedly, um, that, that, I don't remember that guitar player's name, but he was like one of the first, um, him and, and Howlin' Wolf were some of the first to use like, like fuzz pedals and on stuff this, like that. On these two songs, Ike Turner played on these. He played the piano mm-hmm. and he was in, a band, I don't remember what the band was called, but a song called Rocket 88. And they like, they were one of those bands that literally, like, they literally put like newspapers in their amps to make it sound like, yeah, <laughs> it was like, so that and this, and you know, there's a hundred stories like you got to get that broken one in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just probably the, the amp that he had been using for since like the fucking thirties. That's my like, blues guy's voice, by the way. My favorite story <laughs> like that, that is, amp in here. um, with uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Venom, um, uh, Kronos would he'd plug his bass into a guitar amp, mm-hmm. and then um, when he turned in the masters, he specifically gave them like the demo copies, but pretended it was the like mixed copies. Nice. Um, so that's why like uh, Welcome to Hell sounds like shit. shit. Yeah, it sounds I th- that works for that. I, it's, that's it's shit that's in a, a good way. Topic, but yeah. Yeah, back back on the guitar tone. I was surprised how well the guitar tone, and not just on this song, but the whole album, it's aged quite well. Like it still sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a clean old yeah. electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only one part on this whole album that I think sounds bad, and I think it's to the benefit, and it's in the next song. Oh, I already we'll know what you're going to gonna talk about. You can't beat that Fender amplifier. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Give me that Les Paul guitar." <laughs> <laughs> his uh he, he's got a studio album i don't remember what it's called but the album cover just says like this is the new howlin wolf album howlin wolf doesn't oh, like it okay. he didn't like the electric guitar either and you, he's got a quote that's like i love the electric guitar <laughs> that so that album that's like 
he got a bunch of younger dudes and they played like all these old songs in like a psychedelic rock format because that's when that shit was booming. Is it cool? Is, are, you I talking, mean, are you talking about the album that he put out like right before he died? It, no, this no. is in the like late sixties or early seventies. It's called like, oh. it's, it says on the, it's a white cover and it says, this is Helen Wolf's new album. He doesn't like it. Okay. Like that's the album cover. And he was like, yeah, no, I hate that shit. He, he, from reading quotes and stuff, he sounds like he was kind of a butt nugget about <laughs> music. Um, but like in a good way, these, you know? These old guys were like out of their time, you know? They're like rambling musicians that go from town to town and just like sing and play their guitar. Like a troubadour. And yeah, until like the 60s, people were like, oh fuck, these guys could like sell records. And they just like locked them down and started making them produce shit. And he was like, ooh. <laughs> I know. Um, He's in the negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah. I I like the way this the these first couple songs sound a lot. Um, this one, a lot of these, this one feels like very ad-libbed. Not in a bad way. It just ends. Which one? Yeah. Yeah. The Moaning first one. Moaning the the, okay, yeah. I'm gonna say uh, uh, my last three bullet points are so things that I could probably apply to every single one of these songs. Um, I like the uh, harmonica solo slash melody, whatever yes. it may be in the song. Usually, I think there's one song that I don't really like it on. But we'll get to that later. Uh, the other thing that I could say about every song is I like the humming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he's the best. He's cool. I mean, yeah, it's his thing. I respect it. And uh, like a wolf. And then <laughs> my last note. I guess this doesn't go for, for every single song, but, but it, it does. I think I put this on almost all of them. So I'll just blanket statement it now. Uh, you quote the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, it just sort of ends. This one really <laughs> it just it feels of, like he's about to start another verse. And then it goes, and yeah, I'll, I'll preface the rest of my notes by saying, um, one out of every two songs on this album sounds the exact same as the next one. Um, yeah, pretty much. So That's, a lot of my notes are pretty interchangeable. Yeah, sure. Um, we're still going to squeeze some content out. Oh, no, I mean, I got oh, I got yeah. specific still. It's just that I, I can blanket statement a lot of this. I know what you're... Yeah, yeah same. Like, it's back and forth. He'll do, like, one of these droney songs and then, like, a regular 12-bar blues song then a mm -hmm. droney song then another. Yeah. And like halfway through, I'd start being like, which one is this? You know? I can uh, remember a lot of these by which Led Zeppelin song reminds me of. <laughs> See, I'm not that well-versed in Zeppelin. so I, Their I mean, first two albums are, they're this with huge amps, you know? It's like... I think I'd like that more. Do like a kind of psychedelic... It'd be funny if filter. Dennis was just like, I've never actually listened to Led Ze a Led Zeppelin song, not once. I know, I, I know I several of their songs. Album. Just yeah, I haven't listened to an album start to finish. I just really? thought it'd be funny if that was just one that you just you just never heard a song, not one fucking note. <laughs> I don't know if there's any big bands that I've never heard a note from. But um, back to Howlin' Wolf. Um, as far as the vocals go, I think he sounds more like a soulful bullfrog, but that doesn't quite have the same <laughs> ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, he's got like those. He's got like three levels. There's, you know, there's the howling, 
And then there's the, you know, his, his regular blues guy voice. And then there's his, yeah. his Jim Dandy, which we were talking about earlier that now, now, yeah, that's the, that's the soulful yeah. bullfrog for me. And, I, uh, I like his voice a lot, but listening to it makes my throat hurt. It is, uh, like chainsaw-ish. Yeah. It's, it's so, so scratchy and. Have you? Did you guys look at pictures or videos of him? Yeah, I, I he's like eight I, feet tall. He plays his tiny little guitar, <laughs> and he's just like sweating, like. Yeah. <laughs> what you were saying, Max? The blues. <laughs> that surprises me that you would say that since you listen to what? so much fucking extreme metal. Listening what? to Howlin' Wolf makes your throat hurt. Yeah, because you can tell he's like just doing it, like he's not. He's not. Sounds like he didn't like practice with his throat to figure out how to make those sounds properly. He it's was just like, loose. He's putting his pain on record. I think he's yeah. more practiced than any of the black metal dudes that you know. Oh, probably a lot of old those dummies. A lot of those guys are probably destroying their. Throats. <laughs> he's probably like fucking fifty when he made this album. <laughs> he was forty uh, something when the earlier recordings. Yeah. There you it, go. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Wait. <laughs> there are so many more. How many more years? That's the title of the next uh, song. Now, this, this one. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Max. I say this one is some honky-tonk Charlie Brown. <laughs> Charlie Brown. It is that one. This, the is, one, this is one Brown. of the one, one, three, one, one, five, three blues yeah. patterns. Dun, 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 any, like, boogie piano just reminds you of... Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, this song is significant because this is the first time he goes upstairs to pack up all of his clothes. <laughs> you <laughs> know, is, actually. This is one of the few songs that are about how fucking bad women are. <laughs> I wrote down, don't forget, he went upstairs, he got his clothes, and he walked out that door. Yeah. Women are a contentious topic in blues music. I like thinking of this album as like a, as like a linear like thing that's happening to him. <laughs> like sometimes he's going upstairs to get his clothes and he's never coming back. Sometimes she's throwing his clothes out. Sometimes she gave away his clothes. Yeah, he's got a lot of clothes. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes he doesn't even go upstairs to get his clothes. Sometimes no. Sometimes, sometimes he's he, just getting them. Sometimes he gets them, sometimes he packs them. He probably had them down from the previous song already. He's a, he's a bit of a poon hound, <laughs> I think. You know? That's why, um, that's why they call him Wolf, you know? Women yeah. can't live with him, can't live without him. Yeah. I you feel like what, that's some, where that saying came from is blues music. Some say the essence of blues is a, a spurned heart, you know? I? A spurned heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I know, uh, in all serious though, yeah, this one, this one's got more of like a saloon vibe to it. Oh, yeah. Woman beater Ike Turner shredding the piano. Yeah, good job, Ike Turner. Th th thanks. <laughs> I stopped myself from saying... Uh, he, he does play the piano well, though. He does. You cannot deny that. Um, yeah. Is he... He doesn't play the piano on every song on this, right? Just these just, first two. Yeah, he's in... Yeah, these two are the, from, from 51. Um, uh, I think All Night Boogie is from, uh, like, 53. I don't know. And then the rest of them are from the same... Recording session. The, these aren't uh, the, moaning at midnight and how many more years aren't from the same recording session, are they? Pretty sure. I thought really? the first, same year like, at least. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the way he's playing, but the fucking drums like kind of bug me on this song. 
Like they're like they sound like fucking Campbell's soup cans. Like some of them are half filled and some of them are filled. I, I like know. the. I think the drums are like really aggressive. For you gotta talk about the, the part. I like it where it goes like. Yeah, I, I made a note on that. Sounds like gunfire. <laughs> I think it's, the dude's fucking getting it. It's awesome. I don't mind the, it. I mean, recording these dudes were in a fucking tiny room, probably just like. Yeah, no, and I'm not going to try to. Yeah. I know, and I'm not going to try to nitpick the production it, value too much. I just mean like I guarantee the, most of these were like, you boys know any other ones? <laughs> give me, give me an G and play how many more you? you. And play how many more you? <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, <laughs> we should probably hold up, hold the impressions back for. I think that they might be a little too much. <laughs> Bordering on offensive. Bordering on offensive. Now. Uh, maybe not offensive, but I think we're overdoing it. You know. <clears throat> okay, that's fair. Um, only did one though. <laughs> in my defense, only did one. It I'm, was an Abbott impression. I'm on like six. This this is a fun song. This is one of the ones that sticks in my head because of that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that um, is the blues song. Yeah. <laughs> I, at the end of the day, this one to me, it sounds fine but it's pretty typical blues structure and it's like it's in one ear and out the other. It's mm. a pleasurable listen. Oh, but yeah. the big, this, like the guitar distortion on this is, I think, like really fucking, it sounds really fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. I, way ahead of its time. It says it on Wikipedia. I read it in a couple other articles. This is the first recorded use of a power chord that is distorted. There you go. Invented rock and roll right there. Hmm. So. so that's, I mean, that's important. That song sound was like genuinely new, alien to people. You know, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure I put some respect on it. Yeah, I do. Back for sure. In, back in 1951, this was this was the edgiest shit. Yeah. yeah. So, did you read that thing where it said he, um, after he started making money, he went back to his mom and tried to give her some, and she was like, "I don't want money from that devil music." Fuck, damn, damn mama. Yeah, because it's like gospel, but it's all about. Fucking how bad women are, and, and you know, and you know what that means is it was premarital, and she made him. Ooh. She made him get his clothes. <laughs> she said, "You go upstairs and get your clothes," <laughs> and then you walk out that door. Well, good for Helen Wolf's ancient grandma for mom sticking to her roots. What? His mom? Yeah, his mom. His oh, grandmother. There you go. What? <clears throat> if you read his his history, it says his mom uh, kicked him out when he was like twelve. I bet his mom was alive when Abraham Lincoln was alive. Sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he was born in 1911. 1910. Let's see. Who's his mom? Who's his mom? Somebody famous, probably. Roberta, a name I definitely recognize. Roberta Wolf. Helen Wolf. Screaming from Screaming Wolf. <laughs> Whispering Wolf. Whispering Wolf. He used to squeeze his grandmother's chicks, baby chickens. Uh, recklessly, and then his grandma said, "The wolves are gonna come eat you <laughs> if you keep doing that." He would like play with the baby chickens. So that's how he became like, the wolf. He'd play with them too hard. Animal and he was cruelty, a kid and they would die. And his grandma said, "Wolf's gonna get you." Now, a, now I'm starting to not like the fucking guy. And, <laughs> well, here's another thing. For interesting uh, origin story. If uh, supposedly he got kicked off his grandpa's farm. Because a pig got like mud on his Sunday clothes or something, and he killed the pig. And his grandpa was like, "You get the fuck off this farm." 
He sounds like in another life he would have been a serial killer. He also, <laughs> he was probably like a big guy, even as a little boy. I kind of just imagine him like. Like Lenny. Lenny, yeah. So. Um, can we go to Smokestack Lightning? Yep. This one, uh, even as someone who knows no blues, I know this song. Hmm. This is like a car commercial song. Yeah, it's like that famous. This is like the blues song. Yeah. I just like it because the drums aren't soupy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's got like his signature noise. Oh, woo-hoo. I had a note. Woo-hoo. I had a note in here for the for the woos. I said uh, it felt like he was just like, you know, they were had these songs written, and he's just like, it just just needs something, and he's just <laughs> <laughs> he's just like Howlin' Wolf. It's my thing. He just he's just howling. Like Kenny Howl, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can do like a, a soulful bullfrog. If that's what you need. <laughs> I think it's more ghostly than wolf-like. Someone, someone said, "Hey, would you like a uh, non-dairy chocolate-flavored drink?" And he said, "Yoo-hoo. get it? Boo! Do you get it? Uh, yeah. Are you? You know how in the song he repeats that line out. Why don't Why don't you hear me crying? Uh huh. I for some reason like when I was listening to it. Now I've heard this song before, and I guess I just never paid attention to the words, but like. For some reason, I thought he was saying, uh, oh, you're out the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> His mom made a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I, every time I think of this song, I think of um, the cult song, Firewoman. He says, smokestack lightning. I think yeah. about it every time I think of this song. Um, yeah, this is a cool song. It's very, it's very catchy. It's kind of hypnotic. Yeah, it's got that one riff that just plays till the end. Mm-hmm. It's fucking it's a good riff. Good riff. Yeah. And he's got like some reverb on his voice too. Yeah. Kind of makes it all moody and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Did you guys see what um uh what he said smoke li- smokestack lightning is? No. He said it was him and his friend would sit on their porch and uh watch steam trains go by. And huh. smokestack lightning was when the coal dust and stuff would spark up in the smoke coming out of the steam engine. That's cool. Or you know, it's not a steam engine, but whatever. Said and that's smokestack lightning. Man. Should we go on to the next track? Baby how long? Baby how long? There's some real badass harmonica stuff in this one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> the guitar and the piano are kind of like trading licks back and forth behind everything the whole time. The harmonica when it's solo in the piano does some trade off stuff with it too. That's kinda cool. Yeah, I when, that too. Yeah, when like the harmonica solo comes in, I feel like the band gets fired up for like a bit. I yeah. Think it starts starts at about like two minutes of the song. If you listen like it's weirdly backgroundy, but like the guitar will be kinda like strumming chords and it'll go and then like if you then the piano will kinda like repeat. It it's like those two are like playing with each other Mm -hmm. yeah this one's more of it's another like standard blues progression song but the they they move around it a lot the bass moves around a lot of it too um uh, it's it's going all up and down um which i appreciated um the uh that's uh that's you didn't appreciate it on the police um oh let's talk about that (laughs) I would put it lower if I could. Um, anyway, the that's, uh, that's so fucked. But yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, um, 
yeah, no, I mean, like, it's a, it's a cool song. I'm, uh, you know, um, I like the solos. Uh, and, uh, oh, the, the other thing I noticed, I, I don't know if uh, this was present on the other songs yet, but um, it was like there's a, uh, there's a tambourine on the hi-hat on this song. And it was, like, a, it was like extra noticeable to me for some reason on this one. There's cool drum work in this song. Um, this is the, it's like the jammiest song so far. Yeah. Because I feel like the progression is so basic, they just like moved around it like yeah. as much as they could. Yeah, I know this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go boom, boom, boom. That that's kind of the the main thing I noticed with this one is it it all sounds like fine and enjoyable, but it, like four tracks in, and I'm thinking like first time hearing it at least, I was like, is this going to be twelve tracks of like roughly the same idea? And I mean, it's I'm like halfway there. Yeah, yeah. This is like, I don't know. This is like kind of, yeah. I mean, this is like the building block of Western music. It's just this is music yeah, that would they're be still like making it. <laughs> this would be fantastic live. Yeah, like at a, at, at like a hazy four old men club just or something fucking jamming. Yeah, it was like, all right, you fucking blues heads, let's <laughs> get in the pit. <laughs> let's get fucking sad. This one's called. <laughs> All night buggy. <laughs> Let's get fucking sad. Yeah, that's all I really have for this one. It's it's a good bouncy like jam yeah. song. It's a yeah, fine it's song. Fine. As we move on to a no place to go, you gonna wreck my life. <laughs> um, I wanna I wanna start real quick. Um, huge faux pas on this album is that three songs in a row have parentheses uh, with subtitles. I that, like it. It's funny. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I think that's a huge faux pas. The funniest is um, All Night Boogie in parentheses all night long. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Uh, this song, I, I, I had to look up the lyrics because I thought he was saying, you gonna rape my life. Uh, I honestly did too. <laughs> it, there's no way he's saying, he's saying reek. But it sounds so much like, are you going to rape my life? I don't have a dirty mind, so I didn't hear that. To me, uh, this is actually, uh, um, I think that this is the most like quintessentially blues song <laughs> on the album. Uh, I, I think this is actually my favorite track on the album. Really? This, yeah. this is the Led Zeppelin song, How Many More Times? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is a different title on this album. But it's got the, the Green is, Onions riff. That riff to me sounded a little bit too similar to Smokestack Lightning's riff. It's basically the same. It's Green Onions. It's similar. It's very similar. <laughs> I mean, it's very similar. I like this one a lot, though, because this is one of the, again, it's one of the darker songs. Yeah, I really love the vocals on it. Um, you know, uh, same shit with the you know harmonica solo is pretty cool and it um I don't know this one just encapsulates the whole this one's extra drony to me because yeah. I feel like the riff is heavier um or I don't know if heavier is the word driving driving yeah yeah dun, 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 I wrote down too Nick that this is what I think of when I think of blues yeah yeah like, this it, is the music I picture I guess that's all I was really I guess I should have said this going into this album but I guess that's all I was really looking for. It was just like some quintessential blues stuff. And this song just kind of hit it for me. Yeah. It was the one that I remember the most, the one that I enjoyed listening to the most. Uh, yeah. th this one to me, th this is another one where it's, it's kind of the same feelings as uh, the previous one, maybe how long it's like, everything sounds fine. It's like, it's getting a little repetitive. Yeah. Um, but the album 
the album livens up a little later and gets my attention back. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's back and forth between like dark drony and like boogie piano stuff, I mm. think. But um, I, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah. Is this where uh, Kanye got the idea for Gold Digger? Um, probably not. It'd be funny. I mean, maybe. Wasn't that like a Ray Charles thing? I, I think so. I was just joking because it, in the lyrics, he's talking about how she she's kicking him to the curb for a youngster and that and it, and she left him broken or whatever. <laughs> that song is hey, give me money. No, I know. Yeah, isn't that Ray Charles? Yeah, I wasn't saying like sampled it. Performed no, by Jamie Fox. Really. Yeah. yeah. In that song? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in the video too. Interesting. Um I think it's important to note <laughs> that a, once again he did uh he did go upstairs to get his clothes. He did, yeah. Where else one. do you keep your clothes? Upstairs. Oh actually no, this one this one no, he he had to beg her for his clothes. Mm. Also, they were still upstairs. The were. the concept of he how never many, got him down. of how many more years and how many more times that's that's repeated through the album often. I'd call it a theme. That and like conceptual. Like, I just don't get ladies. (laughs) Woman, you is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you guys want to talk about all night boogie all night long? Yeah, (laughs) this fucking. This is where the production gets fucking weird. This shit just drops off. The fucking title has to be a joke. <laughs> Come on, dude. Supposedly like, this guy him. couldn't read till he was like 60, so he may have not known that it looked funny. I bet him and the producer were like at each other's throats like, this one's going to be called All Night Boogie. And the producer's <laughs> like, we're calling it All Night Long Wolf. <laughs> and he's like, Boogie! Boogie! <laughs> this is uh This one does have the worst production on the album. Yeah, I'd put what the hell happened to fucking everything, especially the drums. Yeah, yeah. The The guitar is like needling. The fucking drums, the guitar, dude. It's like he's trying to do like fucking like Megadeth shred over the whole fucking song. But it's like. (laughs) I like that though. Sounds like. (laughs) It's proto shred. Sounds like. like, Yeah, it's like rockabilly. Dude, it reminded reminded me of like a shreds video. (laughs) 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 I wrote down. Uh, I just pan over to a guitar player. It is like truly one of the first like electric guitars shredding on a record. Yeah. That I could pick out. That don't mean it's good i wrote I'm like, I, I like i like it i think this song is good i just wish it was better recorded this song is um i think it's very like rock and roll like yeah this is basically what rock and roll is but i don't know what year this song was recorded 53 53 so that puts it like fucking really early for that mm-hmm. my notes are hey, fair enough, you know, shit I mean, right here i get what you're saying it is, <laughs> like, it's a dude yeah. shredding out out of his comfort zone I, I i get it like you know fair enough and i mean there there's something to be said about you know, being some of the earliest and the first and influential, but I don't mean it fucking sounds good. A lot of people say that um, Kirk Hammett's solo at the end of Jump in the Fire was influenced by All Night Boogie All Night Long. Is that real? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Kirk Hammett just, just fucking, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy's have, you, have you heard All Night Boogie All Night Long by Howlin' Wolf? He's got a tattooed on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> He's I, got just that song title <laughs> He's a huge fucking wolf howler. He's got on the left arm all night boogie and the other one in parentheses all night long. Yeah. <laughs> I I think this song, excluding the production, uh, like the change in that going, you know, in a worse direction, 
I think this one breaks up the monotony of the, the previous two songs. When it starts off with the like the, the harmonica, it sounds unique enough to get my attention back. And I think it's a good song. The shreddy proto shred, I wouldn't really call it actual shred, the guitar, and it's got a lot of good energy in this one. It's just poorly recorded. I think that's the only fault, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. The production, does it throws me off right after the previous song. I ne- like, I don't hate it. I never listened to this outside of just listening through the album. Yeah. So it was always jarring to me. And I think the production was constantly like at odds with my experience with this song. Like, I mean, like I was always thinking in this song, like this sounds like shit. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know. And maybe if, I, maybe if I just listened to it, like by itself out of context of the album, maybe, but I never, I never listened to just a single track on this album. I listened to it the whole way through every time when prepping for this. So I don't know, maybe there's something to be said for that. But to me, I, I didn't have much, much good to say about this one just because of, you know, I just like, I can't tell what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. All I remember from this one is the, and and horribly crackly overpowering sound yeah the drums are very muffled you guys want to get evil you want to hear hot take yeah this one is my favorite this is a pretty good one yeah this is the one that would be my banger this is the this is like the classic fucking blues song about evil shit yeah some some lounge blues this one transports me to like I can close my eyes and I'm in like a dimly lit smoky lounge. Yeah. It's yeah. Watching these guys play on stage. It's like sweaty and grimy. Yeah. And the piano is going fucking crazy on this. Yeah. yeah. I put the, the piano stills a show on this one for me. Just bouncing around the chords and stuff the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there's a really good, like simple bass line that drives the whole song. I like to, um, they do. What's funny is they do this in the next song too, too. I think to much lesser effect, but, um, they do the thing where they're hitting the chord progression, you know, the, the little rock rock and roll thing where they just they just do the stop, where it's like one for the murder, two for the show, but they do it like really subtly in this song, and it works really well. Yeah, I like that. I, yeah, I like it when they do that because that a lot of these sound like they're they're just jamming, but that makes it feel like they're either more rehearsed, there was some structure on it. Yeah. They're more rehearsed, or they had that. Well, this is one mind. one of the covers on the album. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, the Willie Dixon song. Okay, Will, yeah, Willie Dixon wrote a lot of songs that he recorded. I was gonna either contemporaneously or before Willie Dixon. So like, I was gonna say I think this was like a collaboration. Like Willie, Willie Dixon wrote it for him. Willie Dixon's the producer, and he's also just like <clears throat> a prolific blues writer and performer. But but yeah, it might be a cover because the only yeah, other one yeah. I know. Okay, so you're right. Uh, it looks like he wrote it for him. Yeah. Um, I didn't know until I saw it in an article. Forty-four is a cover. Yeah, yeah, I looked that up too. But it was it was incorrectly credited to Helen Wolf. But it's, <laughs> and I don't even know who this is. But Roosevelt Sykes is apparently the actual. You don't fucking know Roosevelt Sykes. Oh, please tell me about him. <laughs> he wrote forty-four. Go on. The song covered by Helen Wolf on his nineteen fifty-nine debut. Tell me something. In the moonlight. Tell me something else about him other than forty-four. He was probably born in America. It says here he was born in El Salvador. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. Oh. So, <laughs> mm. 
This uh, this is my favorite harmonica performance on the album. Yeah, the harmonica's back to being good. He's very like vocal with it. It's like wah 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 wah. You know, I don't know how to describe it. But I, as an amateur harmonicist, yeah, I'm very impressed. I I know you as that too. You're a real <laughs> rocker. An amateur harmonica is rocker by day, amateur harmonicist also by day. Hey, you know what they say about harmonica players? I sleep that I sleep all night. What they get all the the p word? No. What? They either suck or they blow. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's good. They can also. I should good. know more harmonica guys <laughs> if I'm gonna be. A... Yeah, you definitely know that one. All right, that's the main one. Do you guys have anything else to say about evil? I, I would just say that this is a bit of a minor highlight for me. I li- I like the I like the lyrics of the the song. I mean, evil shit. I'm I'm into it. Um, but I mean. It sounds like more typical blues, but it's just, you know, it's well played. Yeah. You got to have one. You got to have one about evil. Yeah. I mean, it was the devil's music after all. True. How about I'm leaving you? This is the one where um, the album starts losing me a little bit. Songs start blending together. Mm -hmm. This one makes me dip out a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about how in the last one when they do the, uh, the rock and roll stops stop hits on like the chords they do that a lot in this song like to the point where it's like annoying that's the only thing i remember <laughs> I, the song is like oh, yeah. early in the morning before i ride and but it cuts out each time it does have a more noticeable uh like rock and roll guitar tone yeah on this song i know this is one of the ones There's that a- was recorded later but it sounded a bit more you know later like rock and roll and from the, like with the start stop things and then the guitar and the guitar solo the way it's like structured it this sound this song actually sounds like they wrote it you know mm-hmm. like they sat down and like said we're gonna do this then this then this which is you know a lot of this album just feels more jammy which is cool but this one feels more rehearsed to me yeah I mean it was cool we got some more howling finally yeah got it yeah it's um it been lacking in the last couple of tracks. It's a fair criticism. Yeah. Although it's, there was a line that jumped out to me. I didn't actually read the lyrics to this song. Um, but one that just jumped out to me was when he says something about how he's got to put her down. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to alarm for a second. Just like, he's going to oh. punch her in the face <laughs> really hard. Those are more Led Zeppelin songs. It was the 50s, babe, Max. <laughs> babe, I'm leaving you. Or babe, I'm going to leave you or something. He's telling her, go upstairs and get your clothes. You know? See, now you've kind of got me thinking, since I've heard the story of him uh, torturing animals to death, <laughs> he might have been beating the shit out of women, too. He meant put her down out the fucking window. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... The next song is about how she's explaining to him that her clothes are downstairs. <laughs> He's like, I don't get it. <laughs> what? Why would they be downstairs? That's what I'm saying. Nobody puts their clothes downstairs. No. Especially not back then. Yeah. No, not back then. Because a lot of times back then, bugs, like clothes eating bugs, couldn't go upstairs. Mm. Um, What are you talking about? That's why they kept their clothes upstairs, because there were bugs that would eat clothes, but only if they were downstairs. That can't be true. It is true. You're full of crud. (laughs) Plot twist, the album ends. He's in an insane asylum, and it was a one-story house the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. 
I think I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So it's a, this is kind of a cool grooving song. It's more of the same. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's my note. More of the same, but it's just, it's another solid blues song. Some good guitar work. Cool. Uh, Monin for my baby this time. What do you guys think of that? If you told me this was Smokestack Lightning, I would have believed you. (laughs) What? This This does not sound like Smokestack Lightning. It has the same guitar line. It has the same... No, no, no. This is this this reminds me more of the first song. Yeah, this is like a continuation of Moaning at Midnight, and this song has a fucking saxophone on it. That should differentiate it enough from the other ones. You know, I... I didn't even notice I couldn't hear the sax. I... That shocks me because I immediately heard it. I was like, oh, shit, is that a saxophone? And I looked it up. I was like, yep, it's a saxophone. I saw that, I saw that Adolph Billy Dawkins. I, was I on think he prefers just Billy Dawkins. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about that, too. <laughs> ever since the incident. Yeah, ever since that whole debacle. Just call um, me Billy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, this one this one is like a, a mix of five other songs on the album. I think it sounds... I think it's just the first song again, but with a saxophone that I couldn't hear. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Did you hear the sax, Nick? Did you know there was a saxophone in this? No, I didn't have a note about it. I can't really remember this song, though. That was part of my notes was uh, I don't really. This one's kind of in one ear out the other for me. Uh, hmm. The only uh, thing I remember is this is another one that has the. Yeah, you got some moaning, moaning, howling, you know, and then some, some humming and buzzing. Yeah, those are all present sounds. <laughs> I had a note here, but I don't really remember what I was talking about. But I put the uh, the piano at a point just sounds like he is shrugging and just doing whatever. Yeah, I think that's just the nature of the blues back then. I mean, play what you know. I felt it relevant enough to say on that track. Yeah, okay, apparently. that's fair enough. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they've still created any new like piano riffs for blues. I think it's the same, the same ones as they used back then. Mm-hmm. Guitar came a long way. They're like, ooh, he played that one faster this time. <laughs> this one he went beep 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 beep, and this one he goes beep 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 beep. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one stinks. That was blues. Blues. Are are you nominating it for the Hall of Stinkers? This one absolutely goes in the Hall of Stinkers. Fuck you. I wouldn't call it stinker. I wouldn't call any track on this album a stinker, except maybe. <laughs> all night boogie all night long. <laughs> <laughs> that song rocks i like that one no i wouldn't say this one goes in the stinkers but i i, I don't care for it at all i liked it i like the saxophone i mean to me this just sounds like part two of moaning at midnight and they put a saxophone in there and i was like okay yeah i can i can get into this yeah agreed uh i guess moving on yeah yeah i asked for water <laughs> She gave me gasoline. Can you believe she gave him gasoline? What a bitch. That is mean. My first no, my first thing I wrote on this was, starts right off with the howling and she done him wrong again. Dot, dot, dot. At this point, it's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Done him wrong. I this think, is definitely my favorite lyrically. This is, the, this is where I, it's pretty good. This, I, I had to quote this one. That's the terriblest woman. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the fucking best. That the, I, I quoted that too. I was <laughs> the terriblest woman. The terriblest water that I ever see. Yeah, this is a good one. This, this is a good um, one. This one's like 
eerie. Like the guitar sounds out of tune and shit. It feels like it's purposefully like this one has like kind a of quiet subdued. Off. Yeah, yeah. That, to that, it. That's what I wrote down. Is it's a more subdued instrumental that's carried by his vocals more mm-hmm. than any other song on here. This uh, song uh, reminded me of Rocky Erickson. I can yeah. hear that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like it's just like it's creepy. It's slightly, <laughs> slightly eerie. Like, and then kind of like some nonsensical shit repeated over and over again, like mm-hmm. in like a pretty melodic, catchy way. I don't know. I mean, I like Rocky Erickson too. So I mean, uh, that I, I like this song. <laughs> and, uh, I think I, it, I get some some joy out of it. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, I think it's. it's I think it's the second best song. I put it up there. Yeah. You like? Wait, who said evil? Him? Max? I think evil's probably number three. What was your number one? Smokestack Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd say this is probably my second favorite song. I would not object if somebody wanted this in the Hall of Bangers. I'd say it's my second favorite on the album too. It's up there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I didn't really make a list. I like this song though. It's got Otis Smokey Smothers on guitar. Love that. Love the name. Another good blues man name. Yeah. Smokey Smothers. <laughs> <laughs> you think he was coming for the mothers? And the daughters. Look out. Whoa. It was a different time. It was. Yeah, he's he mentions a lot of like uh uh coming to sit on daddy's knee on this album. It's kinky. And it <laughs> makes me feel a little uncomfortable when he says like come to daddy. More uncomfortable than when Macho Man was talking about it. I liked it when Macho Man did it. Oh, you liked that, huh? <laughs> I liked it when Macho Man says, the cootie over there with the long round hair. She's walking around. That is a classic line hair. in hip-hop music. <laughs> Immortalized forever on our list. Yeah, I mean. best albums. <laughs> with, with shit like that in old music where, I mean, you hear guys talking about women who are very early teenage years i mean this shit was going on until like the 80s maybe the early 90s like there's this easy top song i think it's francine he says like francine she's 13 i'm like wow (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah so we're all we're all done talking about ass for water water. Mm -hmm. moving on to 44 this one, um, <clears throat> I noted that it had a a really different feel to the rest of them. It's very like western and saloony. Yeah, it's, rail, um, it's like a railroad ditty, and mm-hmm. it made sense when I when I learned that this was a cover, um, because this it this song stands out completely. Definitely. Um, yeah, um, I put yeah different tempo, different accent notes, kind of like a marching drum beat. Uh, it's like you know different. Yeah, the difference good. I made a note of that too. Yeah, yeah. The I, whole I, I time said, the drums, it's like, I said Marshall. It's not a military to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's a marching drum beat yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, uh, yeah. No, I mean it was it was a nice change of pace, but it's a little late for the change of pace. I mean yes. comparatively, but yeah. but I mean it's uh it's not bad. I mean the album's not long. I guess it, we should we should mention that. I mean like it's not long or anything, but you know when you're really like in it trying to analyze this song for song it can get a little little muddy yeah i, I didn't mean, know what the fuck a 44 was supposed to be he's talking about a gun it's right a, i assumed yeah is that I it guess in the lyrics at least in the original song because i had to look it up yeah it's it's like in the different verses it's about a train number 41 the 44 Wait, it's actually gun. about a train yeah because i put it was a railroad ditty like as a yeah. joke yeah 
And I assumed like, I was talking so about all blues are about and like trains. a mm, oh yeah, if you really dig into it, it's a conspiracy. And it's at a jail cell number forty one or something. But I don't know if he goes into that in his version. He he's kind of you're saying forty one. So was that the original song forty one? Oh, forty four is what oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just assumed that because the part where he says I've got my forty four on me, I assume he's just talking about it like a revolver pistol. That's got to be what he's referencing. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. I think that's the main thing. Some it's got double meaning. This he's song on a train with it. This song absolutely loses me. Uh, forty four loses you. Yeah, these these last two songs are just like what. <laughs> I what, think that uh, forty four was a nice little change of pace. Yeah, this this is like I said earlier. I mean, there's there's songs that just kind of pop in where it. You know, it perks up my attention. It's like, oh, this is different than what I've been hearing, and I'm back into it. This is one of them. Yeah, I, I think it, at this point, I've been so um, inundated with honky tonk piano and raspy crooning. Keep saying that word, but I don't think you know what I mean. Honky tonk? Yeah, I probably not. It's just what I think of. Um, you know, shout out to. Roosevelt, the Honey Dripper Sykes for writing this song. You know, Roosevelt, the Honey Dripper Sykes, um, a lot of people said that he made the honey drip. Yeah. Uh, he's smoking a cigar in his Wikipedia picture, and he looks really fucking cool. <laughs> he, he looks, looks like, like James I, Earl Jones. Yeah. <clears throat> I wish he was my dad. <laughs> That's a bit of a dig to your father, but he did an okay job. Yeah. Shout out to Dennis's shitty dad. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that all we've got to say about 44? That's it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's close it out, boys. Somebody in my home. Somebody in my home. Mm-hmm. The final track. Which is hey. also most of what the lyrics in the first track were about. I actually had something to say about this one compared it's to the first track possible. because... Uh, I said, here we, here we, here we go. You know, uh, once the song starts, it's like we're, we're creeping and howling again, and uh, uh, it kind of comes full circle. Yeah, I to think the so. beginning again. Yeah, he yeah. does. The, he recycles. This is when he brings back Woo-hoo! from Smoke Sack Lightning. Uh, this song to me is just like uh, this. Just sounds like more of the same from, from yeah, the rest of is, the album. It is and kind of another droney jam, but it it this is not a good way to close an album, and I mean. Uh, knowing the context of of how this album was put together was multiple different sessions. Again, like it's it's kind of a compilation, but it's kind of an album. Like I understand why that's not a real closer. Yeah, but I I mean I wish it. I don't I don't think it, like literally until the Beatles, people didn't think about structure of albums. Yeah, no, there there there's a certain year where it's like oh, we need to make like album oriented stuff, not not like AOR, but I mean like you're making put out an actual you're making album. a package, yeah, a product. That needs to be consistent and thorough. Yeah, and this is definitely before that time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much to say about this one other than, I mean, you know, uh, I should have said before, I mean, I like the harmonica line in this song, um, as I do with most of the time that it comes in through the songs. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm. Uh, he's he's packing his clothes again. You know, it's like, just get out. I don't know. That's all I really got to say. How many times can you pack clothes, you know? Maybe it's fitting that that's the last thing he talks about. It's like he's leaving when the album's done. Oh, yeah. Somebody's in my home, but it ain't me because I've packed my clothes and I'm out of there. Mm. Mm. Another man. Backdoor man. Is that a sexual kind of Sodomy. <laughs> I don't know. It's a blues guy thing to say. Yeah, they did like their sodomy. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs>
Interesting twist, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember like anything from this song besides him going like somebody in my home. Yeah, same. This song just it comes and goes, and then I start it over. <laughs> so yeah, I feel the chills of terror every time he says it. <laughs> the chills of terror, <laughs> knocking on my door. <laughs> knocking oh, on my okay. door. You don't. You don't feel the fucking fear when somebody knocks on you. I mean, now that you song. mention it, it's a kind spooky, of it's a spooky one. Yeah. I more okay. get kind of mad when people knock on my door. I think a lot of the lyrics in this are about that. And you got to th- think like, why is that so scary? Like, is it the tax man coming to like, take your shit away? Like, what is he afraid of in particular? Wait, I mean, like a murderer, a robber. Also, he's a black man in 1950s America. That's true. Yeah. But in like in Chicago, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know how Chicago was. Yeah. That's a fair enough point. That, oh, I mean, if he lived in like Mississippi, then it'd be like yeah, more of an sure. issue. But Chicago was better. I'll just leave it at that. So we think we don't. I don't have any fucking clue. I have zero context. <laughs> Did you guys know he actually learned how to play guitar from a? Um, there was like a traveling. Uh, it was a, it was a white guy who was who he would just like go around plays guitar he was like a proto blues guy hmm. and and uh, this guy when he was like 30 met him and they became really good friends really quick when you say proto blues i can't but think it's just a full guitar player i mean it could be okay i don't know i didn't listen to blues like blues had been around since like the late 1800s like in some way or another no one just no one recorded shit yeah but um i mean you seem to have done more research than anyone max I read, someone a, who, I read a couple articles. Let me ask this, since you guys are a little bit more well-versed in this. When when I see, like, uh, late 60s bands, even early 70s, where they do, like, a bluesy-sounding song, and the writing credits just say, traditional. A lot of these songs, even on this album, are, it's like folk music. Like Yeah, traditional songs. It's called a... People travel around and, and like, borrow songs from each other, and... And they just kind of build and grow, and it's they call it almost um, like public domain songs. They call that's, it a standard. Uh, that's, yeah, that's like the gray area of what Led Zeppelin did, basically copying a lot of these riffs and lyrics. That I mean, like he when was I, copying the, these riffs and lyrics off of other people too. Like, yeah, for Zeppelin, when I looked into their like plagiarism allegations, it was like their defense was, "Oh, I thought this was just like a, a traditional like standard song. Like I didn't yeah. know we were actually ripping off somebody who has writing credit." And kind of it doesn't fucking matter. It didn't matter at that point until now there's millions and millions of dollars in it because these right. little white boys did it. And it's like, hang on, <laughs> you didn't fucking write that. Yeah. Who did? You know, Willie Dixon technically wrote it and was the <laughs> first was to have his name Willie on it. Dixon down by the river. Yeah, exactly. Old Willie. Old Willie. Hmm. So, so there is like a gray area there, but the music is like more communal. It's like, this is old school shit that goes back to, you know, forever and ever. Okay. Yeah, this is something that great-grandpa played on the guitar while he was sitting on the porch. I mean, music. It's like working music, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that extent, uh, as far as I know, that extends a little, like even beyond blues music, because I'm pretty sure some of the songs that the birds play on uh, Sweetheart of the Rodeo are like traditional folk songs. Yeah, countryfied. Old, old country music was the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched a, a documentary about the Carter family, 
And they were one of the first families to go around their town and ask for sheet music from people. And then they would be the first people to record those songs. So they got credit for it. Mm. You know, like they literally just like went around and, and borrowed sheet music from these traditional folk songs. But now they're Carter family songs because they thought to fucking do them on record. Yeah. They, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like I have some folk albums, like Celtic folk albums that, you know, Every song is some song that's like 400 years old, you know? Yeah. But it's just played. Yeah, we all have a Blackmore's Night album. <laughs> <laughs> it really just has to do with like when the, when recording like started coming around. Then people were like, hang on, there's money here. Which, that was like the 90s, right? Uh, A little before that. Like yeah. it was when cassettes came Maybe out. like 1890s. It was like when cassettes came out that people started. <laughs> I don't know. People started recording shit in the 18. 18- Hundreds, kind of shittily. I don't know, man. The other nineties, the true nineties. <laughs> Only 90s I only listen to shit from the eighteen nineties. <laughs> it's like a. <laughs> you can kind of hear a guy talking here. It's all shit like my body flying over the ocean. Ring around the rosy. <laughs> Fucking love Ring Around the Rosie. <laughs> Shit's a banger. <laughs> that shit goes forward. Do you remember when we watched some some video where it was like uh, the the top song of that year and it started like super fucking early? It's like 1930s or something. Yeah, it was and like Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah, shit. yeah. And there was there was like one year where there just came a point where like music got kind of sexualized and it never looked back. Like all the stuff before that just sounded like yeah. fucking children's songs. Shit turned around. Now we got Lil Wayne talking about pussy juice. That is, I mean, like, I don't know if we're still putting this in, but that's like the the black influence on Western music. It was suddenly like rhythmic and like sexual. And white people were like, what the fuck? Mm. You can't do that. All the way back to jazz, ragtime, Dixieland. I think this shit's fascinating. Yeah. Mm. It's African like polyrhythms and shit. If you, I don't know really get into like the structure of where jazz and blues comes from. Mm. Mm. That is interesting. Yeah. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Take, take it home. Rick Riley. All right. Uh, so my overall thoughts on this one. Um, okay. So when I think about like the blues and whatnot, kind of two parts of me, uh, kind of come to mind and uh, one would be like the kind of more musician focused style of like you know and I think of uh, you know songs like because you know the blues is something like uh, that's used to kind of teach everything from you know beginner to advanced in everything that has to do with music whether it be like song structure melody improvising soloing what whatever it is you know it's, it's very foundational music that can go like you know, in any which way direction and, you know, be like crazy complicated or, 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 you know, just very basic. And, um, so that's kind of always going through my head. I can't really like turn that off. (laughs) So that's kind of like in my brain while I was listening to this, the other part of me, which is just thinking of like what the blues is and what it's supposed to do. And I feel like it's less about versatility and more about like, uh, 
putting the emotions that the song is trying to illustrate onto the listener. That's fair to say. Yeah. I think it's like a big part of it. Um, and for me, this album, it kind of succeeds in that. I realize how early it is and I don't want to take away from like, it's, you know, what it influenced and everything that it did. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, just looking at it, it's on its own. I mean, I, I just, it doesn't keep me the, the entire time, you know? I mean, there's a, there's a few like highlights and stuff that I think is pretty cool, but like, you know, my score is definitely factoring into personal taste a bit more than it, it usually does on this podcast, at least. Um, because I see the direct influence, but I also like, you know, I was looking at this from such fresh eyes that I couldn't help but just look at it as like just its own random album from this random time. And so, I mean, for me, I probably wouldn't listen to this too much to be completely honest with you again. I mean, like I, I appreciated it for what it was, but just as like an album on its own, I, I had to go with like a 64. I was like, you know, I, I mean, like it's, I can appreciate it for what it is, but you know, it just didn't keep my attention the whole time. So you don't put respect on Howard Wolf's name. Oh, no. If I wasn't putting respect on his name, I would give him, like, a police score, but... What'd you give yeah. police? What was that? 35. Jeez. What did you give uh, Macho Man? 50. Okay. I gave Macho Man as long 27. As 55, Nick. I did 55? 55. As long as we're over Macho Man. Oh, yeah. No, we're over Macho Man. Okay. It's gonna take a lot for me to get worse than Macho Man. But, yeah. um, Yeah, that's where I kind of landed on this. Maybe it wasn't a bad listen. It's just kind of fun, but, you know... I don't think I'd turn it on too much uh, in the near future for me. Uh, but yeah, Dennis? Um, I guess I've got similar thoughts to you. Um, I, I respect how influential this stuff is, um, and that's definitely a positive for me. Um, a lot of the music that it influenced, I enjoy very much. I'm appreciative of what Howlin' Wolf and you know, I mean, all those early blues guys did. Um, the band, whoever it consisted of during whichever sessions, of the song, um, them and Wolf all perform well. Um, one thing I kind of don't like about it is that uh, much earlier sessions were included in it, and I feel like the production is very inconsistent with the other songs, and it, it breaks up the flow of the album in a way I just, I, I really don't care for that. Um, and those songs stand alone are fine, but just in the context of an album, I, I, I just don't like that they did that. Um, I understand that it's of the times, but it's just, I don't like that. Um, about half the tracks to me kind of just sound like the same song. Um, and this is very repetitive, uh, but it's, it's a good song. So I, I really, I guess I don't really mind hearing it that much. Um, the music to me, it's, it's pretty simple stuff and it's easy to understand and enjoy. Um, but these these fifties recordings and you know earlier as well of blues music it just really hasn't aged that well, um, and I mean my only other context for music of that era is jazz and uh, the jazz albums that I've heard from the fifties they still sound good to me this this sounds kind of iffy, um, it's good music, uh, but I'd really just I'd rather listen to later blues influence recordings um, that have, you know, better, better production quality and they tried new things. Um, this album, 
I mean, this is the same with every album that we do for this podcast. And I mean, pretty much every album that I listen to, I put it on repeat. So it just goes into itself over and over and over again. So I listen to it a lot of times. And this one, it's easy to listen to on repeat. I mean, it, it's enjoyable whether you're paying attention to it or you're not. And it's just kind of background music. It just, it sounds nice. Um, I don't know if this entire album is something I'd revisit very often in its entirety, but I mean, you know, I like some of the songs on my Spotify and put it in my, my like songs playlist. When I shuffle that, um, I'll hear them every now and then. And I mean, that's good enough for me. Um, I think it's a good album, but it's, it just doesn't quite get there for me. I gave it a 74. I like that. Yeah. Uh, again, I kind of echo, um, my two compatriots. <clears throat> um, but Again, I, I knew nothing about about blues music for the most part. Um, so this was this was this was fun for me, and it was a nice discovery that I liked this a lot. Um, it made me appreciate blues music, but it didn't make me want to seek out more. If that makes sense, um, I feel like I've kind of got my fill, but I could also appreciate some more if I heard some more. Um, and I, I'm I'm again with Dennis. I listened to this album like six times today just like on repeat because it's it's short it it's over and it's done and then it restarts mm-hmm. um, it's really good background music um, I don't know how much I'd, I'd again I don't I don't think I'd ever listen to this whole album again but there's a few songs that I'd pick out and probably listen to several times um, yeah I don't really have too much else to add outside of what those two said um, I would give it a 70 very nice so, Bring it uh, home, Brett. <clears throat> so I'm kind of kind of like a lot of what you guys said, but I'm kind of torn between like do do you rate this based on like influence and where it was at the time or how it holds up right now and how you know how I you know listen to it compared to current music or the music that I love. And um I'm kind of like trying to go in the middle with it, you know. Give it some extra points just for where it was and who who it influenced, um, and at the same time, like there were probably hundreds of like quote unquote Howlin' Wolves, and this is just one that you know there there are so many blues guys out there, and this is really well done blues, but it's also like it's a really worn genre, you know. It there's not. It works itself as like a good element of music, I think, for my personal taste. But as like as its own thing, it really is. This is like two songs kind of played over and over, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not not a bad thing. Like like I've said, it's kind of it's the roots of like all Western like pop, rock, R and B, you know. Um, so I'm kind of rambling, but I think what this album did over it it shines over like um the way it sounds today if that makes sense i think it's i hear a lot of this and a lot of music that i love um but that you know same thing that same things you guys kind of said um i give it a 75 i think it's really solid i think uh it's really easy and fun to listen to um but at the same time it's you know it's very simplistic, 
for for seventy year old music, it's still really yeah fun to listen. Absolutely, to. I feel like um, it's actually to the album's credit that us four individually have uh, pretty different perspectives coming into this. That like we all kind of rated it around the same ish area because like for me, I feel kind of like what you were talking about at the beginning there, Brett, like uh, if I would have done more research into like, not just Howlin' Wolf as like, you know, an artist, but I mean like uh, into what he did, I probably would have went a little higher with my score, but I was completely divorced of that. I did like zero research for this. And I usually look up at least something for the albums, you know, that we're doing, but I, I literally did no research. I just listened to it. So I was going like solely based on just the album itself. A lot of this, like, you know, of all the blues guys I heard, I've, I have heard and listened to, like, this one feels, it feels the most familiar to me just because Led Zeppelin fucking ripped him off so hard. So yeah. it's just kind of the, the one I was drawn to. And of what I've heard, I love his style and his feel. And he's, you know, he has cool voices and it's kind of dark and eerie, you know. Yeah. But it's a, I don't know, I think it's really good, easy to listen to, put this on and like, Fucking hang out in the garage and drink beers kind of music. Yeah, it is. And that's it. Nice. Helen Wolf, what do we give it? All right. So on an average, we give it a 70.75, which puts it at uh, number nine in the list. Cool. It is just above uh, two molds, planetary clairvoyance, and it is just below the Allman Brothers Eat a Peach. It's in good company, (laughs) I feel. You know, a lot of people say that uh, two, one of two most primary influences is Howlin' Wolf. There's a there's a direct correlation. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine listening to those back-to-back right now. No, I'm not going to listen to Two Mold again. <laughs> so, yeah. Ninth best album in the world. That's bottom half at this point, right? It is bottom half, yes. All right. You guys, right. You guys ready? We're going to do the guessing game with Dennis. Okay. All right, guys. So if you're new to the podcast, what we do is Dennis is going to tell us his next album. But he's going to give us hints. We're going to try to guess it. (laughs) See if you guys can pick what it is. (laughs) See if you can pick what it is. I don't think a single one of you is going to guess this. Okay. I don't think you guys even know who this is. Fine. Maybe. 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 Maybe you do. Uh, So how old? Damn, you got me. <laughs> um, Shakira? No. So, Howlin' Wolf, you know, wolves, you know, primitive man, you know, hanging out at the campfire, you maybe you know, throw him a little food, you know, oh domesticate him, you know. Caveman. It's like, you know, the wolves, you know, this one's this one's for the dogs, right? Baja, man. For the dogs. Mm-hmm. Thor? Well, this album that I'm picking, this one's for the cats. <laughs> okay. This guy, what's that? Up? Was a stretch, by the way. Stretch? <laughs> you always stretches. What? You were like the Almond Brothers. You were like, well, my brother likes this. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one degree of Kevin Bacon. This is fucking like nine. Nineteen. <laughs> this is this is an animal related album. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. What genre? How, Dennis is Dennis was already doing the themes. Where primitive? Where primitive man come from? You could have gone from wolf to dog to cat. I'm saying that's Could've gone from wolf to cat. That's where the, the wolves <laughs> the wolves got domesticated before they turned into dogs. They don't they don't just turn into dogs in the wild. Could have been like you wolves, have to like to, dogs. Like you don't have to go to primitive man. Just, 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 just a little fun story in there. Fucking caveman albums and shit. 
No, this is this is absolutely yeah. nothing to do with cavemen. This is a, a genre of music that nobody has picked yet. Jazz. And I'm yeah, you're right. Okay. It is jazz. Um uh, the album I'm just gonna tell you what the album's called. The album's called The Cat. Okay. By, By Mr. Scat. First letter. First letter? Uh the f- first name is J. Uh Johnny Scat, the cat. You've got the what's uh, his what's his signature instrument? Uh, he plays the organ. He is he is titled as the incredible. Hmm, I don't know blank blank. This album. Um, this is a it's it's a big band kind of album. Uh, he's the band leader. Um, Dave Matthews. No. Um, two of the songs on the album are themes from films. I really don't think you're going to get this. What movies? What it's movies? Like- <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> one of them is from Joy House, and the other one is from The Carpetbaggers. Are these like 20s movies? 30s? Uh, 60s. 60s, huh? I don't know. Can I just drop the hammer and say, uh, just tell us? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, the album is uh, The Cat by the incredible Jimmy Smith. Who's that? There we go. All right. Uh, he is a jazz musician. Um, We're about to find out. <laughs> known for his uh, Hammond uh, B3 organ playing. Um, yeah, it was a pretty popular album. But love a good Hammond. Yeah, I think you guys are are gonna are gonna probably probably take this a little bit. Not Max because he you know has no taste. Yeah. Anything about cats? <laughs> cool. Well, listen along. Listeners, thanks for bearing with us through this entire mess of a podcast that we do. We love it, and we love you, and we'll see you next time, right? Yep, yep. Yep. Sweet dreams. Buongiorno. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.